Hello and welcome. I'm Jason Mudd with Axia Public Relations, and I'm glad you're here. Today is a solo cast where it's just you and me, and we're talking about influencers and some common mistakes companies make when they are engaging influencers to be a brand ambassador or to do a product or promotional campaign on their behalf. This is a good episode. I think you're going to like it. If you do, or as you're listening to it and you think of a colleague who would benefit from it, share it with them. They're going to thank you for it. We thank you for it. And uh, without any further ado, let's get right into the episode. Welcome to On Top of PR with Jason Mudd. This solo cast episode is brought to you by media monitoring company Burrells. Learn more at burrells.com slash on top of PR. And now here's Jason Mudd. Hello and welcome to On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd from Axia Public Relations. We want to give a quick shout out to Burrells, thanking them for their sponsorship of the solo cast because today is a solo cast. Every fifth episode, I come to you one-on-one, just you and I, no guest. I'm here to share topics, tips, and trends in public relations to help you stay on top of PR. And Burrells has been kind enough to sponsor these solo casts. And so we want to give them a shout out, but we also want to tell you about a little inside deal that they're offering for current and not yet customers who are fans of On Top of PR. If you check out Burrells.com slash On Top of PR, they've got a special offer there. I hope you'll take advantage of it and thank you. Thank them for their sponsorship of On Top of PR. Jumping in today, we are talking about influencers and years ago, influencers were all the rage, especially when Instagram was really taking off. But I want to talk to you for just a minute about influencers. We provide some influencer type services to our clients. You can learn more about that at axiapr.com slash influencers. That's www.axiapr.com slash influencers. And there we have a package called Influencer Insights, where we help you identify if influencers would be a good strategy or not for you and your company. We recommend some influencers that might be uh, good candidates to be influencers for you. And then from there, we can explore uh, under a different package, uh, you know, negotiating and working on those influencer messaging and content and campaigns. But the reason I want to connect with you today to talk about influencers is I see companies making some mistakes when they go uh, to approach influencers. Some of it's just a mindset or being kind of thinking through a little bit about how influencers work ahead of time. And so I just kind of want to educate you on this uh, just a little bit. Uh, I think it'll be valuable to you and your brand, uh, regardless of if you're a big company or a small company. Uh, I think people really like using influencers and and a lot of times it will make uh, some sense. Uh, First of all, people tend to think commonly that an influencer is also a spokesperson or possibly a spokesmodel. And in my mind, those are two separate roles and two distinct roles. And while you might hire an influencer to be a spokesperson for your brand, you could certainly uh, treat them as separate campaigns. And so for the sake of this conversation today, let's think about those as two separate roles um, where an influence or excuse me, where a spokesperson or depending on your product type, maybe a spokesmodel um, might be someone who is consistently in an ongoing basis appearing as your brand ambassador or your representative um, on a long term engagement. Uh, typically speaking, when you're dealing with social media influencers, in my experience, these tend to be short-term bursts, maybe a one-time thing or seasonality. It basically has a clear start date and a clear end date, 
versus with a spokesperson. You you know, this might be somebody that you're hiring to be a spokesperson in commercial and other uh, appearances for your brand for a semi-permanent relationship, uh, which, you know, continues uh, until such time as the parties decide to no longer continue that relationship. Uh, so here are some mistakes that I see companies make when it comes to thinking about influencers. Uh, number one, um, we've worked with some brands who are only doing business in the United States. And when they start looking for influencers, they're looking for an influencer or influencers who have a geographic footprint that is uh, either majority United States falling or or near exclusively United States falling. And their logic is we don't sell products or we don't have stores or we don't have the ability or desire to ship internationally or do business overseas. And so uh, we've presented to them, uh, you know, some recommended influencers and they've paused when, you know, 60%, 40 to 60%, let's say of their audience are, um, uh, social media users uh, that are outside of the U.S. So let me rephrase that. So the influencer, when we get some demographic information about who their followers are, our research may show that 40 to 60 percent of their following are non-U.S. based consumers. And so our client will say, well, gosh, I'm I'm looking for 100 percent of their um hundred percent of their social media fans or followers to be based in the United States because I only offer products or services or experiences within the United States. And so while I understand their thinking and their rationale, if you want to be in the influencer space, you have to understand that, um, you know, there's a lot of countries who follow American politics, who follow American celebrities, who follow American trends, fashions, and styles. Um, products and services. And so you're not never going to find a situation where that influencer only has an American following. And if they do, then I would question uh, how authentic that following is and, and why there are not people from other countries keeping tabs or, or, or paying attention to this influencer. Um, in addition, uh, here's another mistake I think that people make is, um, I don't know if you've seen the documentary Fake Famous uh, on, I believe it's on Netflix, but I highly recommend it. Uh, it shows how, you know, three, four or five individuals are selected from a casting call where a company is trying to um, help these individuals uh, become famous. And so they, they kind of show what goes on behind the scenes in the world of influencers. And if you're ever thinking about uh, hiring an influencer or sponsoring an influencer post or sending products to an influencer. If you're ever thinking about doing any kind of influencer work, I would highly recommend you check out this documentary, Fake Famous. You know, the 90 minutes to two hours you spend watching, it, I think will be very beneficial to you uh, and show you a little bit of kind of the behind the scenes of, of, of what that world is really like. One of the things that this um, that documentary exposes is this whole idea that apparently every major influencer and believe it or not, many household brands, beauty brands, billion dollar brands buy fake or or even real followers. Um, they are paying a 
company to go and get more followers for them. They're paying another company to um, or individuals uh, to follow uh, an, an influencer or follow themselves or follow their brand. And, you know, what the documentary does a great job of showing is uh, the slippery slope that this creates, because if you if your brand or the influencer that you are uh, paying to post sponsor posts, um, if they are buying uh, followers, if they're buying likes, if they're buying comments, um, number one, those may not be real accounts. So you're paying uh, to sponsor an influencer who some of their audience isn't real. Uh, they might be uh, what's called zombie followers or bot followers uh, who are programmed to follow but don't really consume the content. And that's worthless to you. Uh, the slippery slope there is that if you bought a thousand followers um, in June, um, what's going to happen? Uh, so you added a thousand followers, uh, paid followers, if you will, in June. Uh, well, what happens in July when you only add uh, maybe 200 organic followers? You're, you, you're suddenly, you look like you've peaked and you've started to decline. Therefore, the social media platform, let's just assume for a minute it's Instagram, might be less likely to serve your content because you're trending downwards because you're not as popular this month as you were last month. So when you start getting the business of paying for real or fake followers, You've got to keep paying that money to either show that you're increasing trends or at least you're maintaining your numbers. So to me, that's a slippery slope. A step further than that is you can also start paying for likes and paying for comments. So if you think about it, if you have a million followers and half of them are fake, then your content's being served to a audience that's real of 500,000 and an audience that doesn't exist of another 500,000. So half of your audience is not going to engage at all with your content. They're not going to like it. They're not going to comment on it. They're not going to share it. So you're showing a low engagement rate um, of immediately out of the block, 50% or less. And then in order for you, your post to look authentic, um, if you have a million followers then you should be getting a bunch of comments and a bunch of likes to almost every post. And so if you're not getting authentic engagement on these posts where you have real or fake paid followers, uh, then your value diminishes. And so the algorithm is kind of saying, well, gosh, this influencer has a lot of followers, but not a lot of engagement. So we're not going to place their uh, post as often. And so now you're in the habit of buying followers every month buying likes every month, buying comments every month. And as soon as you stop doing that, your credibility drops, uh, your visibility drops. Um, so that's something you really want to think about, whether you're trying to make yourself uh, famous, whether you're trying to build your brand. Um, but uh, in the show notes, I'll add a link to a service you can go to. And the service will actually tell you how many fake followers an individual has. And by the way, um, when we did this, we were blown away. I mean, some of the most famous names you know on Instagram um, including uh, the Kardashians and entertainers and singers and even beauty brands and fitness brand and health brands, uh, they're all buying fake followers or they're buying real followers. They're just paying to have somebody, an account, whether it's real or it's fake, to follow them. And to me, in my mind, that, that really is discrediting 
Um, it's something our agency experimented with years ago and did not like the results. Um, and so I frown against it. Um, you know, uh, our social media person at the time did it and I wasn't on board with it. Um, I didn't know about it until later, but I honestly don't recommend that you do that. But if you do that and you want to do it, and so it's a strategy, uh, it's, it's a tactic you could take, but you need to know what you're getting yourself into first. Um, so I want to address that. Um, in addition, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, another mistake that I see uh, companies make when it comes to influencers is determining that, well, we're a B2B brand, so we don't need influencers. That doesn't make sense. But in a minute, I'm going to tell you a little bit about a report uh, regarding uh, how that is, uh, in fact, the exact opposite. Uh, in fact, let's go ahead and just talk about that report uh, right now. So, um, there was a new report that just came out recently, and I want to talk about this for just a second because I think it's really important. And um, uh, brand influencers don't influence most social media users is what we've learned here. And so micro influencers are actually more affordable and more influential um, and we've kind of always known that, but now there's an official study by an organization called Visual Objects that is making this really, really clear. So, you know, many companies are quick uh, to seek out brand influencers for social media sites, thinking it's the best way to engage followers and grow interest in their products. But what we found out by uh, what they found out by surveying more than 500 social media users is that almost 60 percent never intend to buy a product using an influencer code or promo code, even if that code is associated with an, with an important deal or savings. Instead, users are more likely, it says, to engage with content and buy products or services that are promoted by a trusted expert within that niche or within that industry. These experts are commonly known in, in the industry as micro-influencers. So meaning they may not have millions of followers, but the followers they have are target followers. So the idea, if you think about it, is would you rather advertise your product to a million people um, of which you're throwing a lot of seed on, uh, on dry soil or on uh, concrete? Or would you rather... Um, would you rather advertise to an audience of 200 who are qualified, interested, and able to buy your services, who fit your niche, who are desiring your exact solution? I think everybody would rather advertise to the more narrow uh, audience who is pre-qualified and who is enthusiastic and interested in who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. And so these micro influencers might have less than 50,000 followers, uh, but 50, uh, 55% of users are likely to uh, follow them when they're in that niche. So um, that's, that's really important to think about because when you think about influencer campaigns, you're really thinking about going uh, after the audience or the influencer who has millions of followings. But what we're learning here are a couple of things. One, they might have fake followers. So you need to do your research on that. Number two, they may not just because they have the more followers they have, the less influence they have on those individuals because people understand that they're not as credible uh, unless they're in a specific niche um, space. So that's really important to think about. So what we're learning here is consumers value influencers who have a niche specialty that relates to an industry or expertise rather than content coming from a generally famous or well-known person. 
These specialized experts might include business leaders, uh, health and wellness influencers, political leaders, athletes, uh, celebrities or celebrities within an industry and uh, lifestyle influencers. So if your company wishes to use a brand influencers, studies show micro influencers are more uh, successful because they generate uh, they're more engaged with their followers, perceived as more authentic by that audience. And generally, they cost you less money. So I hope this was helpful to you. Um, and by the way, just one other factoid from this same study is that uh, more than half of social media uh, media accounts or users only follow one to five influencers. So that's something to think about uh, also. The influencer world is very competitive both in getting an influencer as well as, uh, uh, you know, brands looking for influencers and influencers looking for brands. Um, so, you know, think about that a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a package where we help you uh, find the social media influencer that would be a good fit for you. We call those influencer insights. Take a look at our website. Maybe we can help you with that. Um, and uh, otherwise, I really just wanted to kind of share this with you as a solo cast today, talking about influencers, talking about influencer marketing. Uh, the important thing here, I think, is to keep in mind that uh, just because um, a particular influencer doesn't have millions of followers doesn't mean that it's not a great candidate for you to explore deeper. This is Jason Mudd from Axia Public Relations. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to our solo cast sponsor, Burrell's. And uh, thank you for considering the information we've presented here today. I hope it was helpful to you. If you've got a topic you'd like to hear more about or you'd like us to address during one of these solo casts, please be sure to leave a comment or contact us through social media. Let us know what you want to know more about. We're up for the challenge. We take requests and we look forward to hearing from you. Be well. This has been On Top of PR with Jason Mudd. Many thanks to our solo cast sponsor, Burrell's, for making this episode possible. Burrell's has a special offer just for On Top of PR fans. Check it out at burrells.com slash on top of PR.